Hey there, Marshall students, and welcome to the debut episode of MBAs Unplugged, the official USC podcast hosted and funded and directed by the Marshall Graduate Student Association. I'm your host, Fedge McDermott, and on today's episode, uh, we are really going to focus on two major things, one being how this podcast is going to run over the next couple of weeks, and two, more about me as the host, since uh, you'll be getting to hear a lot of input from our guests about their time at Marshall. I figured you might as well get to learn about me at some point. So uh, before we go diving into more about me, at least, uh, I want to start off by sort of laying out how this podcast is going to be run, at least for the first initial wave of uh, releases that we're going to have over this next week or so. Uh The way this podcast is going to break down is I'm going to start each episode with just general announcements via the program office as well as the clubs. Uh, That could be anything from updates regarding any sort of registration dates in the program office or any new information that we're receiving on that end. And club announcements, uh, I'll be in touch with clubs and handing out uh, forms to all the presidents so that they can give me any updates that they wish to have aired on the podcast. Uh, so if you are president of the club, be on the lookout for that information because I'll be sending that out uh, probably this Friday, April 10th. That's that date. Uh, so be on the lookout for that and please uh, load that up because I would like to make as many announcements as possible to help keep everyone informed. Going on from those announcements, we will have a guest speaker on each of the first episodes here. Uh, So I have about nine pre-recorded interviews that I'll be sparsing throughout the week. And I will continue to conduct more as I see fit throughout the rest of the semester. Uh, the range of which will sort of vary, but what I've mainly focused on for this first series is uh, getting a diverse background of students. So students from international backgrounds, students from the opposite end of the coast, students that grew up local in L.A., uh, as well as different career diversities, such as people that came from uh, more technical roles, people that came from doing teaching backgrounds, people that... Uh, worked in consulting. Uh, So that's pretty much what my goal is, is to get a very diverse group of perspectives so that all the incoming students and prospective students can uh, all have one podcast that sort of speaks to them and is relevant to either their current career or where they want to go in the future post their MBA education. These, uh, These guest interviews are really going to be more conversations than anything. I have some things on the agenda to help sort of steer the conversation so I can help round out where I want to talk about most of the time. But really, this is just a chance for the student that I'm interviewing to showcase where they came from, learn a bit more about their background, learn a bit more about like why they came to pursue an MBA, because like everyone, it's a very unique thing for unique reasons for why you would pursue an MBA. Not everyone's going to come to school for the same reasons or even expect the same things out of it ultimately. So really looking forward to releasing these for you guys. Uh, we had some great speakers and uh, at the end of each episode, We'll also have a sort of playout song for the guests. So each of these guests sort of got to pick a song to sort of play out their own episode that either embodies the situation that they're in right now, something that they really like, or maybe it's like an old tune that they uh, sort of have in mind that sort of clicks with them. So that's pretty much going to be how these episodes will run. Again, I'm going to be switching this up at some point uh, just to keep things fresh and to not let it get stale. But until then, you can expect that to be the rough sort of itinerary for how these things are going to run. Uh, So 
with that being said, I figured since I am the host of this show and I never really talk much about myself, I really just dive deeper into learning about the guests, uh, this first episode will also go into a little bit more about me. So I will sort of go through the agenda as if I was my own guest and sort of fill everyone in who doesn't know already about my backstory. So jumping straight into the announcements portion, uh, from the program office, we don't really have much. There's really nothing new out there, so we'll skip that for today. As for the club announcements, we have a few club announcements to go through. Uh, so we'll start off with the HTA, so the High Tech Association. Uh, the event is HTA Presents the 08 and 09 Alumni Virtual Panel, being held on April 17th from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. So come join HTA for an alumni panel focused on developing careers in difficult economic times. Our panelists, 2008 and 2009 MBA graduates, will share their experience and wisdom gained from navigating the recession. Students will have an opportunity for Q&A as well to get any insights as to what to expect. So that should definitely be a very relevant event uh, <laughs> hosted by HTA as well as the CRC. So I'm assuming everyone is welcome to join. Uh, there is a link on campus groups to reserve for it, and it will obviously be hosted on Zoom. So that's it for the HTA announcement. Uh, as for MGSA in general announcements, you may have seen a couple calendar invites coming up over the past couple weeks, uh, one being for the Marshall Water Cooler and one being for the Yappy Hour. So the Water Cooler, just for people who weren't aware or didn't read the details actually, uh, is a standing meeting that is going to happen in between all of our core classes. So what it's meant to do is to replicate the environment that we had out in the courtyard in between classes. So in between classes, you'll jump into the Zoom meeting to just see who's hanging out, who wants to just chat between classes rather than just sort of sit there waiting for your next class to start. So uh, it was, I thought it was a good idea to sort of just bring a bunch of random people together and sort of have those unique conversations that we were used to having on the courtyard since I know everyone's sort of missing that uh, personal touch to the program right now. Uh, for the happy hour, we are having a bi-weekly happy hour, which I keep saying happy hour. That's kind of like what the bar by me calls it, uh, but it's really it's just sort of like a, a pet happy hour where people who either love pets or just have their own pets that they want to show off uh, can come and just chat and bring their furry friends along with them. So we actually had the first one yesterday, which was, uh, it went awesome. So we had a couple people who brought their cats, people who just wanted to show off their new puppies. Uh, I had my new parents' dog here as well. And we really just, I mean, the focus was obviously talking about the pets and stuff, but then it obviously just evolves into a usual happy hour. So just a fun, fun excuse to sort of get people to come together. So uh, if you're interested in that, please make sure to accept the invite as the next one will be held in two weeks on April 23rd. Uh, as for future events, there is one more event that I will be releasing details about later on today, Friday, April 10th, and that is for the Disney or the Marshall Disney March Madness kind of tournament. So what me and some other students have done is uh, made a almost like March Madness bracket tournament out of all the Disney animated films that have been released. So yes, there have been that many freaking Disney animation films across Disney animation as well as Pixar, which is insane. Uh, but we also managed to sort them all into a giant March Madness bracket. So I'll be releasing details about how to sign up for that later today, but I'm hoping everyone can get involved because it'll be a fun way to sort of this will go on for about a month. So it'll be a month of just watching Disney movies and uh, just generally voting on who your favorite was and selecting and seeing who got the best bracket in general. 
I'll also be making more announcements about the details around that coming up, but signups will begin today and they will conclude next Thursday with the first round of movies being voted on starting on Friday, April 17th. Uh, that about wraps it up for club announcements. So that's about it for the announcement portion. So now I'll move on to the guest discussion, which in this case is just me talking more about myself. So my name is Fedge McDermott once again, and I am a current full-time MBA student in the class of 2021. Born and raised in New Jersey, particularly the Jersey Shore, for those of you who are, I'm sure, familiar with the area from that lovely show that aired about 10 years ago. So after graduating high school in New Jersey, I actually decided to go out of state for college uh, to Virginia Tech down in Blacksburg, Virginia, where I was there for about actually five years before I graduated with a bachelor's of engineering in electrical engineering, as well as a minor in business. Now, the reason for taking five years with that is because uh, part of the way through my junior year, I realized that electrical engineering wasn't really clicking for me, or at least the job prospects didn't seem something like I was really going to love but before sort of panicking and switching out of engineering entirely i figured i should at least give it a crack at an internship and really test the waters in a career or a company that i was that i admired a lot uh, and make sure that the engineering track really wasn't right for me so i was lucky enough to land an internship with the walt disney company doing electrical engineering for their parks at hollywood studio what is now called hollywood studios down in orlando florida and that was just an awesome awesome way to sort of introduce myself to the Disney company because I had always wanted to work for a Disney company or work in the theme park industry. It was always something that from being a little kid, uh, I had aspired to be working in. And so to have that opportunity to work down there as an engineer was great. However, coming back from the internship, I quickly realized two real big things. One was that the I was kind of right on the mark with sort of wanting to work for Walt Disney Company as well as the theme park industry in general, and that was a great fit for me. What didn't work was the engineering, just like I had assumed it wouldn't. Uh, but it was through that test that I actually got to understand that, yes, the company might be great, but the role itself wasn't a good fit for me. So I came back to school kind of pondering a lot of stuff, thinking, well, if the engineering fit isn't right, I'm already three years through my electrical engineering, I'm one year away from graduating, is it really worth dialing back and starting over again? Obviously, the answer was no, uh, but the internship did take up about six months of my time, so it was a co-op. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, so it was a co-op where I actually took time off from school to go pursue that internship, so that's kind of why I, my whole graduation day got pushed out. So I came back, said, screw it, I'll finish up my electrical engineering, but in order to round out my portfolio, I'm going to invest a lot into actually like taking these business classes and getting involved in those sorts of clubs. So I picked up a business minor, which I finished out in the year and a half that I had left, as well as started getting involved in more financial clubs. So I got involved in the stock investment club at Virginia Tech, which I believe is called Seed, and even got involved in a bunch of consulting case competitions. And it was through those kink Damn. And it was through those case competitions where I actually caught the attention of Deloitte, who did an internship or did a case competition on campus where we came in, I believe, first. We're, it was first or second place. I forget where we placed, to be honest. But it was first or second. And I got a lot of contacts through there where I sort of maintained a nice few email chains, just sort of chatting it up, letting them know about like what my situation was since I was sort of an oddball in terms of coming into the game a little late. Uh, so I didn't quite meet the mark to get an internship with them because of just the timing of everything since they'd already done all that recruiting. However, they did set me up to 
take an externship with them, which was sort of a three-day seminar where I went down to their federal headquarters down in Roslyn, Virginia, and got to learn more about the company and actually engage in another sort of brief case competition. Suffice to say, I ended up coming back to school after that externship with a full-time offer for Deloitte. And given that my other offers weren't really anything of that merit at the time, uh, I figured it was the best move for me because deep down I did want to get back to the Disney company in a role that made more sense for me than engineering. However, given my previous internship experience and my electrical engineering degree and just coming out of school, I didn't think I was qualified to actually land the roles that would have made me feel uh valued at the Disney company. So I went into consulting thinking, okay, I'll give this a few years and then what, two or three years. And then I'll have enough experience as a consultant where I can just easily transition. It'll be like one, one application and done. Yeah. I just kind of went into it thinking that. So what I didn't know about consulting was that it's really dependent on where you end up. There's a lot of factors that go into whether consulting is a good thing for you versus a bad thing for you for me it just sort of ended up being a lot of like stuff that i wasn't aware of so i came in to the federal technology consulting firm so i came in as a business technology analyst for deloitte working with them for about four years so ultimately it was four years before i finally resigned uh working my way all the way up from that analyst to a consultant all the way to senior consultant so just below manager by the time I left. And through my time at Deloitte, I quickly realized that the consulting industry wasn't right for me, but you know, it was really worth getting all that experience because uh, I did not have those soft skills that a lot of consultants really uh, shape and hone during their business degrees. So I didn't, I wasn't used to sort of like the meeting cadences, uh, how to take meeting minutes, how to sort of conduct yourself in front of clients, how to prepare presentations. I was good at sort of the number crunching, the math stuff, doing all the technical backend data. So having that consulting experience was actually tremendous for me and that it prepared me not only for business school, but just for my eventual hopeful career with uh, an entertainment company such as Disney in the long term. However, my industry focus was strictly on federal. So I only worked on federal projects, which if you're uninitiated to federal projects are the most boring things on the planet. Uh, just the way that they move from point to point, every decision that is made in the federal project has to be ratified and approved by at least I don't know, it was like 13 channels of command before it would actually like be something that we could actually implement. And so actually like engaging and running on these projects was super frustrating. And uh, I can't, I can't tell you how many times it just felt like I was spinning my gears trying to get like all these things going. Cause I had like, obviously me and my teammates always had these great ideas for things that could improve their processes, make everything more efficient for them. And we would just be stonewalled because they had to get approval from like 15 majors who all had different agendas. And if one of them didn't agree with the agenda, they would just sort of stonewall it and just kind of bring the whole bring the whole process to a halt. Uh, and so being on that end was really frustrating, like being dependent on the client got super like annoying real fast. Um, but it was even just the work itself. So it wasn't really gratifying work. I can't say that federal work is like super fun work everyone's like oh boy i love working for the federal government uh i've met a handful of those people and they're the people that you're like oh well yeah okay knowing you that makes sense <laughs> but if you know me which many of you probably do uh you cannot imagine me being happy and satisfied in an environment like that it is just 
on what's the right word bland i guess is bland's a good word for it uh <laughs> it's definitely not a wrong word for it i'll be I'll be frank about that um so anyway, having all this experience with consulting was great and having all these sort of underlying business skills and soft skills that I was developing over the four years were amazing and invaluable for me. And having that technology background was obviously also a huge plus. It was the industry itself that sort of made it kind of tough when it came to actually making that shift because as you can see, that's quite a pivot going from the sort of uh, simple bland federal industry over to the sort of creative fluid like entertainment industry those two are pretty much on polar opposites of the map and so when i was trying to apply for jobs and everything in that nature not only did i have zero connections to like los angeles or anywhere else that's like an entertainment hub uh, my resume was saying i was from washington dc and i was a federal consultant so people weren't looking at that and saying oh this guy has industry experience they were saying oh this guy has no industry experience so uh, that lack of like actually having like the industry exposure was leading to a lot of dead ends when it came to actually like applying to jobs so i was getting a lot of just run of the mills application review moved on no real interviews it mm, I can't say I was putting 100% effort into it either on my part, since I was kind of doing this on the side of the job. Uh, but all the jobs that seemed like the ones I wanted all seemed like they were sort of either a lateral move or a step above. But I knew because of my lack of industry experience, if I was going to go into the entertainment industry, I was probably going to have to step down a peg or two because of my lack of experience within that sort of realm. So while i was sort of thinking it over i thought well if i got an mba i mean i would after my mba i would come at the same level as what i had left as a whatever senior consultant uh but i would also have given up two years but at the same time having given up those two years having the mba would also just be a career accelerator so i would probably make up that time and and probably surpass it at the end be honest so at in the big realm of it was it really worth it to sort of do that and so ultimately i came to the answer of yes having that new network having that exposure to the entertainment industry was something that would prove to be invaluable and that only through an mba would i be able to sort of leverage and pivot industries without feeling like i was taking a step back in terms of my uh, career trajectory so i came to that decision around ooh, sometime in 2018 i want to say probably summer of 2018 and it was at that point i really started studying hard for the gmat and so we won't go into the gmat we'll just go straight into the selection process so obviously we know i'm going for entertainment and so when it came to selecting a school i was really focused on two things one i wasn't really looking at who was the top school because I, I wanted to go to a top program so i narrowed it down to around there but i didn't really care i was pretty agnostic of whether you're one or 20. so I wasn't just going to shoot for the top program just to shoot for the top one. I wanted to shoot for the top one that was right for me. So what did that mean? I wanted ones that place kids in entertainment industries. So did a little research, did a little digging, and through all these schools, you could actually find these figures on what sort of industries and what sort of functions the their graduating class sort of enters. Obviously, the top three choices were, or the top three choices for entertainment conglomerates or entertainment industry placements were USC, UCLA, and NYU. 
I forget which order they were in. I'm pretty sure that it was like a weird percentage thing. I think USC had the most percentage going into the entertainment industry, but maybe UCLA had a higher number. But then again, UCLA has more students, so we won't really dive into the details about that. But those are pretty much my the three schools that I targeted. I think as a backup, I also just want to round it out with four, and so I applied to University of Texas, so McCombs. Uh, although that probably wasn't a very serious contender because the only thing I had heard from people that I was chatting with at McCombs was that getting into the entertainment industry from there was a lot of hard work and required a lot of flights to sort of do any sort of networking within the industry since it was mostly in, obviously, New York and L.A. So those were really my real three. And then I ended up actually getting into UCLA, getting into USC uh, early in December. And honestly, just from my interactions with the alumni and students up to that point, as well as the advisors and the people who interviewed me, everything, I was pretty much already sold on USC, I'll be honest. Um, there was really... <laughs> Like, just something about the campus, something about the atmosphere that just screamed, like, it was going to be a way better fit for me, network-wise, as well as a way better uh, ability for me to get myself out in front of the uh, entertainment industry. NYU never really seemed like it was going to do that for me because it was located in New York, and if I'm being honest, the stuff that I wanted to work at with Disney was mostly based out of Los Angeles, like the Walt Disney Imagineering stuff, which is where I really want to be. That's all L.A., so... Although NYU places a lot of people in entertainment, their entertainment is way different than LA's. It's probably more TV, probably network studios and streaming and Broadway stuff. Whereas LA had everything I was looking for. So really, NYU and Texas were probably not in consideration. It was really USC or UCLA, which one's going to win. And just from the getting to know more about the program, more about the school, I was really drawn to USC because of their global their global take on the program so the prime the prime sort of i guess elective or component of the class or of the core class was something that really drew me in although it is something that we as the class of 2021 unfortunately didn't get to experience uh it was still a huge selling point for me because uh it's when you get to hear about doing consulting projects with companies abroad and getting to work with diverse and different groups of people uh that's something i really want to have experience in and something that's sort of invaluable to have on a basis like a class so it's something it's an environment where you can learn where you can you can probably stumble and mess up and it, you probably won't get that hurt for it but it's stuff that you will learn from and hopefully apply when you're actually placed in a similar situation if you end up in that sort of role in the future which i do certainly hope i do end up doing some sort of global work on some sort of scale and another thing that drew me in was i guess a smaller class size because I think, like, like you'll hear from a couple of the students I interviewed, actually, uh, the small class size actually almost creates for, like, a tighter-knit community, which, we, I mean, everyone calls it the Trojan, the Trojan Network, which it sounds corny at first, but it actually is insanely tight and really valuable. Uh, but having a smaller class size, I've already, I, like, it, we even, we went to virtual environment, virtual learning, what, in March? But it didn't even take me even one semester to get to know everyone in my class. Whereas I know people at the larger schools like Wharton and stuff where you definitely are not going to meet or get to know the names of everyone in your class. I mean, when you have a class of 800, that's kind of impossible. You're sort of going to stick to your cohort or a few cohorts and just call it a day. However, for, in my case, like there's three cores, 
there's 70 in each core and you're probably going to get to know at least all of them within the first term or at least recognize all the faces so and then there's a whole second years which might take a little longer but i don't doubt that you'll get to know us as well because uh we are a very outgoing crew and we definitely do not shy away from getting to know people so i really like that about it uh i also like just the general willingness to just chat and talk with people so even in the recruiting process i felt like i was going i was having no trouble reaching out to people just to get feedback opinions and stuff because knowing me i'm, I'm from new jersey i have never lived out in the west coast I knew Jack all like I hadn't officially been to California for the first time until oh when August of 2019 no sorry that's no last year's 2019 August of 2018 was my first time being in California on a consulting assignment my first time in LA was in September of 2018 visiting UCLA and USC and so ha knowing nothing about the area nothing no nothing nothing knowing, knowing nothing jesus about where to live i was sort of spiraling i was like i have no idea what anything is this is a sprawling city this place is huge i don't know how you can do this and not have a car because i not have a car at the time still don't have a car uh and people people i reached out to would get back to me within a day or two and just pour out information about like what their experience was service that they had done with their classmates as well as other opinions to take into consideration so it was all like super helpful stuff that honestly i had never thought i would even get from them i thought i would just get like a one to two sentence sort of response and just sort of hope that was enough for me to uh, turn into a my own sort of data model on the other side to see like what the most people said about where to live uh but knowing that I had that much of a community feel already from these people that I didn't even know yet really spoke volumes for how well the Trojan Network actually lived up to its hype. Um, let's see. So now we know why I went to USC. Well, probably the main reason is why I picked USC, to be honest. So now that I'm at USC, what have I done since? Okay. So since joining USC, I have been involved across a number of different clubs and even just sort of offshoot events. Uh, so talking to you now, I'm talking to you as the vice president of community. What that means for my role is that I'm the person who works with the program office to schedule and host all of the various mixers that we'll be having throughout this the upcoming year essentially as well as other events that'll be related to stuff like graduation and other fun things that the first and second years get to do together. What that me, what I'm also doing is this is sort of my own sort of podcast that I'm running since obviously as community chair, one thing that I want to inspire is a sense of community within the Marshall class of 2021. I can't keep forgetting our number 2021 and 2022. So I thought these would be a great way to sort of get some of our students out to sort of be facing in front of the incoming class because I know that given the recent coronavirus stuff, we aren't exactly able to do that right now with the admit weekend. So given that that was canceled, I saw this as a really good opportunity to both bring the community together through our class as well as reach out to the incoming class to share some information and as well as share some contacts so that you guys will have people to reach out to if you have any questions after listening to their stories and knowing where they came from. 
Prior to being the VP of community, though, I actually had a number of other roles, which was I was the eight, uh, assistant vice president of community. So when I came in, I worked with two of my other classmates, Libby Blasser and Clayson, and we together formed, I guess, the panel underneath the current act or the previous acting VP community, which was Jess Hong. Um, and so that was really good exposure to learning what the role was about, what was going to be expected of me, as well as what shoes I was going to fill just in general. Other than that, I worked on C4C, which is Challenge for Charity, which is the nonprofit. What is it? Okay. I, I should definitely not be talking about what C4C is. I will definitely have someone on here talking more in depth about that. what that is. But it's pretty much the organization that a lot of the West Coast MBA programs work with to kind of battle it out and have a very big year-long challenge to see who can do the most community hours, raise the most money, and it all comes together in a fun event in April where we get together and compete in like games like flag football, dodgeball, and stuff. Anyway, on the C4C team, I am in charge of the social events, which means that me and the other people on that uh, team work together to host all the big parties that we have at Marshall, such as the Halloween party, the Mardi Gras party, the C4C prom, uh, a bunch of other random events spurted throughout welcome back party you know so that was actually a really fun one too because uh, on the one hand i was a community chair so i was doing these sort of small events with the program office to help bring together and have a sense of martial community and on the other hand i'm also working outside of the program office to help put together some of the larger parties that we have with our class so those are sort of the two big things that sort of encompass what i like to bring to the table in terms of what I can do for Marshall. Uh, so I'm a really big guy, really big fan of community, really big fan of getting everyone together, getting to know everyone, having fun. Can't think of any other position that would work better for me. Uh, the other positions I had were probably minor compared to those two. The other ones were more club specific, uh, but we can talk more about those on a later date when I get more involved with the actual different club options that we have here at Marshall. So what else did I do? So that's it for clubs. Uh, we're really diving into classes. You'll get to learn more about classes and that sort of stuff from the people that I interview. Um, so that about wraps it up for clubs. Uh, just for sake of time and to end this episode and wrap things up for you guys. The only thing I actually want to promote since I'm doing my own little self-plug here, since I think, yeah, I think I'm pretty much done talking about myself for the most part. I kind of tend to ramble, so. The only thing I want to promote is when you guys do start school, for those of you that are coming in for the first year, there is a really fun chat that you'll be invited to called the Core D Chat. That stands for Core Degenerates. So, <laughs> to sort of preface that a little bit, is that in the first when we first came to Marshall, uh, all these WhatsApp groups were being started up. Ones with people that you already met through Admin Weekend. Ones for uh, what core that you were placed into, whether you were placed in core A, B, or C. And so as those weeks progressed, I started to notice that things seemed to be getting already a little clicked off. And one thing I didn't want to come in and experience was sort of like a high school feel all over again. Because the class is small enough to where you could almost argue it kind of becomes its own little high school class. Uh, so I'd rather, I came to this school to sort of meet as many people as possible and sort of be involved in as many events and know as many people as I possibly could. So that didn't really lend itself well to having these small clicks. So in order to curb that, 
uh, I started up a chat called the Core D Chat, which was focused on pretty much everything and anything that happens outside the classroom. So it is literally like designed to be the place that people go to to hit up, be like, what are we doing tonight? Who wants to go get drinks? Who wants to hit up the lab before class? Like a place for everyone to sort of not feel like they have to like talk about class because class gets discussed on every other chat this is the one chat where that does not happen and it's been received positively by our entire class we all love it it's been awesome we have some cool logos and stuff i think it, the entire mantra pretty much revolves around the entire uh, seltzer movement that happened in the past year or two so pretty much everyone and anyone just post whenever they're drinking white claws and stuff it, it's just a really just light-hearted and fun chat where there's really no shame and no no expectations to actually like i don't know be talking about class or anything and like i just yeah i thought it was a really good way of bringing our class together as a whole and having everyone just show some mutual respect from one another at least from my perspective okay so i know there might be different opinions out there i have no idea because i'm not going to speak for everyone but I generally think that it was a positive or positive influence on the class overall, and so when you guys come on, you're going there's you're going to be invited as well, and so I definitely encourage you to join the core D chat. I definitely encourage you to not be shy about talking on the chat because just because it's second years, we're all pretty much the same age at this point. So who the hell gives a shit? Uh, <laughs> so don't be afraid to like chime in. Don't be afraid to post anything. So we're all we're all trust me. After all this is over we're all going to be itching to just do fucking anything and get outside and like just be around other people because I know for me I've been stuck in my home in New Jersey and the only people I've seen have been pretty much my family my dogs and my girlfriend however I know people who are just sitting alone in a one-bedroom apartment and probably haven't seen anyone but the same people at Whole Foods since this has all started so I know that approaching the fall that core D chat is going to be exploding with people just trying to like go to bars, go to the beach, go hiking, go do anything. Uh, so please join, please feel free to share what you want to do in that chat. Don't, don't be shy at all. We're all a very open group of friends here. So keep an eye out for that. And that's my plug for core D. Okay. Okay. I'm done plugging the chat. Um, what else? Okay. So to play out the episode, this is probably the one time where I get to pick my own song. Oh, I didn't think about this. Okay, so I get to pick my own song. Uh, so one thing that not many people know about me is I actually used to be a DJ. Uh, yes, the kid from New Jersey used to be a DJ. Yep. I, I, I have no defense for that one. I, I have to own that one entirely. I am a Jersey DJ. And... Uh, as such, I actually produced a lot of like different mashups and records over the years. Uh, just as recent as now, because I'm so bored that I like I'm kind of like kicking back into like my old roots here of just sort of messing around with Ableton and stuff. So I guess I'll play you one of my favorite mashups. It can't be. It's definitely gonna be an old one, so it's not gonna be anything recent. I think my most recent recent one isn't quite up to snuff with what I want it to be yet, so come on iTunes. Yes, I also still use iTunes, which is amazing. Um, let's see. You know what's great? Searching your own name in iTunes and seeing a bunch of songs pop up. So DJ Fedge has a lot of stuff in here. Let's see. Ooh. Oh wow, these are all mine. Okay. 
So I am going to pick what might have been my most well-received mashup. Uh, okay, yeah, I got it. Perfect. Still lives. So I produced this back when I was in undergraduate school, actually, at Virginia Tech, uh, sort of doing my bedroom DJ stuff. I think it, the year was 2012. Somewhere around 2012, I think. So that's around eight years ago. So that's a pretty old one there. Uh, but I made this one. is a mashup of Katy Perry's Last Friday Night. And, or wait, I think it's Thank God It's Friday. So it's TGIF, that song. That song by Katy Perry. And it's also a mashup of that with uh, Penguin by Avicii. Rest in peace. So this song is probably going to be a song that I'll be playing nonstop when I'm able to actually go out to a bar again on a Friday night because right now this song is not really relevant. This song is pretty much everything that I'm dreaming of for either the summer or fall whenever this stuff ends. So with that, I will play up for this episode. But again, thank you for joining the introductory episode of the NBA's Unplugged Marshall Podcast. I've been your host, Fej McDermott, and with that, I will play you my favorite mashup, Thank God It's Penguin by DJ Fedge.